Um, but I thought I'd start with like, what brought me here? Like what brought me here to the Life Lab Nooner meeting? Um, and it was back in 2000, probably 2013, maybe 2014, that there was things going on in my life. I, I, was, I was, you know, I, I was doing all the religious stuff and, but I knew I had behaviors and I had patterns in my life that, that, you know, were bringing a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And I had this thought that it's like, as long as I can get all of this outside stuff taken care of, then I can, then I'm good. Then everything, then, then we can start coasting now. Um, so I had a friend in recovery and, and he kind of brought me under his wing for the first little bit. And I remember going to his office and having these meetings. And I don't remember a lot about how they went or what was said, but I do remember that he would take me on these car rides and we, we would go on these car rides driving around in, 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 in his Buick. And it's like, and he put on these like old timer staticky, like AA tapes. And when, when I'm listening to these, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, like that's cool. But that, that's not me. Like that's, that's those people over there. And I'm, over here and and that's right away like and, and from a young age but and even then though but it's like i had this glorified idea of self that i'm different from everyone else that i'm not like you you know maybe i'm maybe i'm better than you maybe i i haven't done what you've done but somehow i'm on i'm on a different level so i don't it's good it's nice that you've showed me this stuff but it doesn't really it doesn't really apply to me all right, cool. Like, like a little pat on the back, a little clap for you. Like, it, it doesn't apply for you. Like, like good for you. You're, you're the man. You're the man. So let's, uh, let's see how you do. Okay, can we, uh, can we, uh, you know, stop looking at porn? You know, can, can you stop drinking? And, let, and let's, just, let's just see how this plays out. And what would happen is, you know, maybe I would go a couple of days. Or maybe I go a couple weeks, or maybe I go a couple months, but all of a sudden, life—nothing special to me—just life. For some reason, the pressure of it got so much that it's like I always went back to that because I knew that that was going to give me what I wanted it to give me. So right away, I can—we can already see that I have this—I have this issue with my mind that I have this obsession. That even though I say I want to stop, I keep going back to it. Okay, but I'm not like those people. Like it's like I got I can still somewhat control it, right? So I thought, but if if I looked at it, if I started looking back on my history and I said, you know, I'm only gonna look for this amount of time, or I'm only gonna, you know, drink that much, it's like, you know, sometimes maybe that was true, but then there's other times that that definitely wasn't true. So all of a sudden I'm seeing that there's something different in my body that, I, that I'm responding differently because why am I taking more or spending more time looking at these things when I said I wasn't going to. And even in those times of sobriety, when I had nothing in my system, when I'm not looking at anything, I'm say, why is it that I'm still miserable? I thought once I get rid of all this stuff out here, I thought that was the like, isn't that the answer? Like, just get rid of that stuff and then life is good. 
So, and that's showing the root of my problem that really it's like, I have this, like, I'm, I have a spirit and my spirit is designed to connect to God. It's designed to connect to my creator, but I'm actually disconnected from God. I'm disconnected from my creator. And, and yeah, you take away some of this external stuff and it's like, that doesn't solve the problem. And out comes, you know, this, the little voice of Josh's self-will. You know, Josh, you know, you're okay now. Josh, it wasn't that bad. Josh, that was then. Like, Josh, you were in your 20s. Like, now you're in your 30s. Josh, you have kids. Like, whatever it is. And it's like, my self-will wants to try and minimize it and try and make it seem like I'm the man again. That's what my self-will wants to do. And my self-will can be can even be really tricky to think that it's like, oh, I'm I can be someone because it's like, remember, I, I think about if I think my problem is on the outside, obviously my solution has to be on the outside as well. So maybe if I do enough good things, maybe if you know I treat that person nice or I'm a part of that activity or I volunteer over here, maybe then that's gonna solve the problem. But again, at the core, I'm really just concerned about self. I'm doing these things because how is this going to make Josh feel? Yeah, I get it that you're going through something right now. But man, do I get a good high feeling from doing that? Because maybe that's going to maybe that's going to solve my problem. And and I think that that was the that was the difference from being just like having moments of sobriety in terms of into, and and from going into recovery. You know, because it was said to me once, you know, that even in sobriety, you know, I'm still irritable. I'm still still restless. I'm still discontent. I'm still miserable. And 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 I had a friend say to me, he's like, he's like, man, it's like it's like you're not taking anything, but it's like you're still chugging life. Like you're all in, you're all out, you're all in, you're all out. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, how long can you hold your breath? How long can you hold your breath under the water? You know, until finally you got to gasp for air, you know, and when you gasp for air, what are you gasping for? You know, it's the things that brought you ease and comfort before. And I didn't think anything of it then. And then, and then I remember going home and I'm like, man, he doesn't know me as a kid. We used to hold our breath underwater all the time. I'm like, I'm like, I can hold my, wa- my breath for a long time underwater. But that's not the point. Doesn't matter if you can hold your breath underwater for five seconds for five minutes, you know, or in life, if it's one day, you can hold your breath or for a month or for five years, it doesn't matter. We're not designed to hold our breath underwater. If I'm going underwater, I'm designed to have the scuba tank on and, and getting that airflow coming in. And that's, that's the difference where it's like, I don't want to just like somehow get by or struggle or ugh, my way through this. But it's like, I, I really want to live the life that God's intended me to. And, and it reminded me of this story. Um, you know, there, there's a story of this, this really well-off business guy, you know, who was, I would imagine, you know, he's like a CEO, thousands of employees. You know, he's, he has all this power and prestige. And everyone's like, looks up to him, you know. And, and I think of a guy, you know, almost like maybe like, you know, Jeff Bezos with Amazon. You know, he, he's, the, he's the man. And it's like, and, and he's a religious guy. He's doing the right stuff. 
And this teacher comes in and right away, the CEO is like, man, teacher, it's like, it's like, what do I got to do to get life? What do I have to do to get life? What do I have to do to get eternal life? And the teacher's like, man, you're doing it. Like you're living your religious life. It's like, like, you, you know it, you know, don't sin, like, you know, don't swear, don't, you know, you know, cheat on your girlfriend. Don't, don't do all these things. And the guy's like, man, it's like, I'm doing all that already. Like, why is it that I still feel this stuff inside? Like, how do I get life? And the teacher's just like, man, there's one thing you haven't done. Sell your company and give everything you have to the poor. You know, sell Amazon, all the stocks, and just give it to the poor. This story is not about Jeff Bezos, but give to the poor, sell everything, like, like everything they're clinging on to. And the guy turned around and I, and I'm trying to think of like what went through his head, you know, like, like, what do you mean? I'm, what do you mean? I'm supposed to sell my company. What do you mean? I'm supposed to like, I've been working since I was a youth to build this up. Like everyone looks to me because I'm the man. I'm the guy with the answers. I'm the guy that people come running to what, like, Look at all the money I have coming in. I can do what I want freely. You're telling me to just give that up? I can't do that. So the guy turns, turns, turns around and walks away with his head held down. You know, and the teacher goes on to say, you know what? You need the power of God to do these things. You can't be doing these things on your own power. And I see that I can put myself in that story being like, you know, what am I holding on to? I'm not, I'm not the CEO of Amazon. But am I saying, what do I need to receive life right now? Because man, life can seem, like there's a lot of like pain and misery still inside of it. And the teacher is just saying, man, just give up yourself. You're the one who's getting in the way. Turn over your will, turn over, you know, turn over your will, turn over your life, like turn over your thinking and your actions to me. And you're going to, you're going to receive life. And I can't do that on my own. If I could, I would, I just need to be willing to do that. I just need to be willing to say, God, it's like, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm ready to be put to work. What do you have for me? You know, and it's, you know, Joanne and I, my wife, it's like, we've been, we've been seeing a trainer lately to try and get into shape. And the guy has so many one-liners. I wish I, even today, it's like, I wish I wrote, I write them down. But he's telling me, like, we're doing these reps. And he's like, okay, you're trying to go for 12 to 15. And sometimes I'm like, I just want to, okay, let's just get to 15 and then get to 15 and then I'm done. And he calls me out sometimes. He's like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, your muscles don't care about what the number is. Your muscles don't, like, they don't really care that, okay, you've made it to 15 reps. All right, good for you. Maybe you're lifting five pounds and it's like, you think you've done a good job because you've hit that number. Let's put that up to 55 pounds and let's see where you're at. The muscles are worried about the conditioning. They're worried about the endurance. Like I need to be putting them under tension to actually grow, to get strong, you know, to see a difference. And it's the same way with this, with this life of a spirit that it's like, I'm, that I'm trying to walk into to be like, it's not about me just trying to I'm going to just do some things and then, okay, I've done my things. We're good. 
but it's more about me going, okay, God, what will you have of me today? What is your will? Can I put my spirit, my spiritual life under tension? And when I say that, it's like, I don't mean tension as in like conflict, but can I put my, my spiritual life under tension that it's like, yeah, this might be a little bit uncomfortable. But as I do it over and over and over again, things are going to change. We're going to see growth. We're going to see strength. We're going to see these things that are going to come out of that because I'm developing this relationship with God, with my creator. So I need to be looking at what muscles am I flexing today? Am I flexing the muscles of Josh? This is what Josh wants to do. This is how Josh wants to feel. So this is how we're going to get, we're going to achieve that feeling or keep that feeling, you know, or am I flexing the muscle of God's will? And really easy, like, like, how do I, how do I know the difference? God's will, my will, all that stuff. It's like super simple. It's like, does it involve others? Does it involve others? Because if you're as self-centered and selfish as I am, it's very easy for me to just focus on me and focus on what I want and what I want to do. And in, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, um, it says, it's like, you know, when you pray, don't pray for yourself, you know, because that often got us in trouble. But when you pray, pray for others, pray for others. And if you do happen to pray for yourself, pray that you're going to be of better use and be of more service to someone else. You know, and then, and then we see it in, 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 the big, in, in the bigger book, the good book, the Bible. In the New Testament, there's this guy named Paul. You know, one, one, of, the, one of the most iconic uh, individuals in the New Testament. And, he, and he's writing a letter. And in one of his letters, he starts off by saying, it's like, I've been praying for you without ceasing. Like he's praying for other people. He's not saying, oh, I've been spending the last 24 hours praying for me. I've been praying all day. And all night, all week for you. And he's like, and when we meet, I hope that I can impart a spiritual gift to you. These are gifts that he's received from his creator. And now he's going to pass them on because he's trying to do God's will and make it about other people. And I see that this is the only work that I'm really required to do. It's so easy for me. It's so easy for me to get caught up in the external stuff. It's so easy, you know. Like we, we, we went through a, we went through a business uh, training school recently for um, for Carlington Booch, and the the individual shared. He said, you know, he works with all these all these social enterprises, all these small small and large businesses to kind of like help them really like bring everything in. And he, he, he mentioned, he's like, you know, one of the biggest struggles with small businesses or social enterprises is they can get carried away by the flashy lights. That it's like, here's their mission. Here's what they're trying to do. And then all of a sudden, this opportunity comes up over here or this happens over here. what he calls the flashy, shiny lights, I think is how he phrased it. And it's like, and then all of a sudden, it's like they, they lose all their focus off the mission and they get put over here. And how much am I like that? 
where I'm like a little like squirrel run around and say, man, I think my, my, my job is to stay connected to God. However, it's very easy for me to be like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And I start focusing on all this external stuff, which isn't bad. But if I think that that's what I need to be doing in order to build this relationship with God, you know, that that's, that's incorrect, you know, and, and all of a sudden things start to fall apart when that's what, what that's what the focus becomes on. When I lose focus of, of, of God and, and what I'm supposed to be zoning in on, I need to be doing this through my daily practices. Simply prayer, meditation, study, reading. There's, um, does anyone know, does anyone, if I say it, does anyone know like the def or, or, or what rolling coal is? Does anyone? <laughs> so ro- rolling coal. It's a thing. I've, I don't know how things pop up on YouTube algorithms, but this thing popped up and it's these guys. You don't really see it in the city centers, but you see it more, more, more in the country, but it's like these guys who have these, these big diesel trucks. And they alter the engines a little bit. I don't know. I'm not a diesel mechanic, so I don't know how. But they alter the fuel and air ratio a little bit. So what happens is when they accelerate or they accelerate a little bit too quick, what comes out of their tailpipe? Just a big, massive cloud of black smoke, a black soot. And it's like, so there's this stuff where it's like, you know, they'll do it to smaller vehicles. They'll do it to like people sitting on a like in a patios, it, like and it's there's serious issues around, it, and it's just the environmental stuff. But these guys are altering their engines to do something it's not intended to do. And man, when I'm living my life, how many times have I altered my engine? Have I altered this little fuel to air ratio inside of myself? And just be like, today I'm just going to live off a cell phone because I'm feeling well and I can do this on my own. I don't need anyone's help. I don't need, I don't need God's help. And I sometimes do that subconsciously. And what happens is I'm driving around rolling coal. I'm driving around with a big cloud of soot and exhaust and black smoke landing on all the poor passerbyers who might come in my way because Josh is just concerned about himself. But if I really focus on how my engine is supposed to be. I don't need to be tinkering with this engine and the air to fuel to air ratio. I'm just designed to be in a relationship with my creator. Why do I complicate it? Why do I complicate it? Because that's how I'm designed. And when I live out of that place, I drive around like a sane person on the road. I don't drive around rolling coal over everyone and, and making people gasp for air. So that's my encouragement as, 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 as I, as I end off here um, is, yeah, is that, is that, you know, what will you have of me, God? Are there things that are kind of, are there things that are, that I'm focusing on that I shouldn't be focusing on? Are, am, am I, what am I connected to? Am I connected to all this other stuff or am I really connected to God? And it, 
if you're like me, it comes in a very subtle way to start. You might not see it right away, but all of a sudden that subtlety kind of grows and grows and grows until all of a sudden it's like, wow, it's right in my face. But we have a loving God. We have a loving creator who wants to be with us and who wants to encourage us and who wants to speak life to us. So is that what I'm connected to today?